Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Good morning again. Please open your Bibles up to the book of Proverbs, as that is where we'll be for quite some time now, for the next seven weeks. Book of Proverbs chapter 3, and also go ahead and mark off your place in chapter 30. Chapter 3 and chapter 30. We'll be referring to each of those chapters today in our message. If you were to type a list of personal responsibilities that you had, that could be quite a lengthy list. However, if I asked you to make a list of priorities, what would that look like and what would be at the top of that list. You know, God loves you, and he wants the best for you, and so he wants you to put him at the top of your list of priorities, and that is what we're going to be talking about today, putting God and God's commands as priority number one. Okay? So what is our principle for today? Today we want to learn this. A well-ordered life will bring contentment. A well-ordered life will bring contentment. So we have to ask the questions. What are the most important priorities in your life? And is it a little crowded for Jesus right now? If it is, then we need to make some room and let the Lord have his way. So before we get into that, let's look at a little bit of the context surrounding these two passages in the book of Proverbs when and where this takes this proverb proverb 3 was written around 950 bc during israel's golden age and if you look there up on the map you'll see that area in red that's modern day israel and the area in the yellow there that is the kingdom that solomon oversaw during his reign as king of israel that's why they call it the golden age because it was a time of great prosperity and peace during the 40-year reign of Solomon and previous to that, the 40-year reign of his father, King David. Okay, and it was about 20 years before this was written, 20 years, about 20 years before uh, Israel dividing. Okay, and it was predominantly written from Israel. Who is involved in this passage? King Solomon. King Solomon wrote, um, he's credited with writing Proverbs 1 through 29, and some believe that he wrote the entire book. He is, of course, the son of King David and Bathsheba, and he has unsurpassed wisdom and the wealthiest of all the kings. If you remember how that came about, he prayed to God for wisdom in governing God's people. And of course, God not only gave him the wisdom, but he gave him the riches to go along with it, right? And what good are riches if you don't have wisdom to use them, right? We learned that from the prodigal son. He was given great wealth, but he didn't live wisely, did he? And he lost it all, squandered it, right? So we need wisdom. Solomon, of course, reigned for 40 years as king of Israel. And then in Proverbs chapter 30, that was written by a man named Augur, right? And that name means collector collector of proverbs and wise sayings he was a humble man and he considered god's word true and himself unwise now there are many biblical scholars who believe that augur and king lemuel 
were names who wrote chapter 31 in Proverbs, were names that Solomon gave himself to describe himself. Whether that's true or not, uh, that's a, a point of disagreement in biblical scholarly thought, uh, but we'll just leave it as it is and we'll say that this man named Augur wrote chapter 30. So the what and the why. What is happening? Why is it happening? Solomon and Augur teach us the ways of a well-ordered life. Why? Because humanity tends to be wise in our own eyes. Right? What are some words? Two words that we like to say a lot. I know. I know. I know. Well, do we? <laughs> do we really know? So that is what we're going to be discussing today. You know, when I say well-ordered life, I mean a, a life that has, that is well-prioritized. It has its priorities in line. And so a well-ordered life consists of determining those right priorities and then committing to keep them. And you, you may say, well, I'm not a very well-ordered person. Uh, my car is a mess. My office and my desk are a mess. Well, that's okay. We're not talking about your gift or lack thereof of organization skills. What we're referring to is your list of priorities. What is at the top of your priority list? You know, we can acquire wisdom through many different channels in life, right? Experiences and relationships. But the best place to find wisdom is in the Bible. The Bible gives us the wisdom that we need. And what's interesting about wisdom is that it's simple, almost too simple. In our modern world, the principles of wisdom are often mistaken to be considered not complex enough to work, right? But they do. They do work. Simple is good. And these principles of wisdom that the Bible teaches us, they, are, they work because they are timeless, and they will work if we keep them. Okay, so that brings us to our first point. A well-ordered life keeps wisdom, keeps wisdom. Will you go into your scriptures there in chapter 3 and look at verse 1. Look what it says there. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. This is Solomon writing to his son, and he is saying, I want you to keep the wisdom that I am giving to you. And I want you to circle that word keep, because what that word keep, what that means is to be loyal, to be faithful. And you can, if you need to turn the light on, go ahead so that you can read your Bible, that's fine. To be faithful to it, to guard over it so that you can keep the wisdom, okay? Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about vineyards. And you remember when the vineyard, uh, the grapes uh, about to come time to harvest, the family would live in the watchtower oftentimes that they had built in the midst of the vineyard. And they would do this to keep the jackals and the foxes and other people who would come into the vineyard to try and steal the harvest away. And this is exactly what it's saying, that word keep in verse 1 of chapter 3. I want you to guard wisdom. I want you to be on the lookout for it, and I want you to keep it close to you. Now, why would we want to keep wisdom? Because wisdom has infinite value. 
You can't put a price tag on wisdom. You want to hold on to it. You want to put it somewhere safe. You want to put it in your heart. Now, we just uh, had Christmas, and this was our first Christmas with a new dog, Dexter, right? So typically, we would wrap presents, and we would put them under the Christmas tree. However, this Christmas, we could not put presents out until Christmas morning, because why? Because Dexter likes to eat things, and he would eat the presents. So we had to hide the presents and keep them in a safe spot. Now, our first Christmases as parents, Amy and I would have to put our Christmas tree in a pack and play because uh, little people would like to grab onto the tree and try to pull it down. So we had to decorate our tree in a pack and play in order to keep it safe. And that's exactly what we have to do with wisdom. We have to hold on to it and we have to put it in our heart and we have to keep it safe. Now, what would you do if you found gold? Right there up on your screen, you see two gold nuggets, right? Some gentlemen from Australia found those gold nuggets while searching for gold, oddly enough. And they were digging and using metal detectors, and they found those two nuggets worth over $350,000. They found those gold nuggets. And so I bet that they took those gold nuggets and they put them in a place where they always had their eyes on them continually, right? But what's interesting about gold is that the Bible says that wisdom is better than gold. And you know how highly gold is sought after. Look at what it says there in Proverbs 16, 16 on the screen. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. So wisdom has a higher value than gold, right? Now, what makes wisdom more valuable than gold? Well, wisdom comes from God. And anything that comes from God is very valuable. You know, if I were to write my name on a piece of paper and give it to you, that would probably decrease the value of the paper. But if someone else of... <laughs> that was famous like an actor or an athlete or a musician were to write their name on a piece of paper, then the price of that paper goes up exponentially, right? So it depends on who it's coming from and wisdom comes from God, which makes it of great value. Now it also is valuable because of what it does. What does wisdom do? It gives you a life of contentment and a life filled with peace. Okay, so that's what also makes wisdom very valuable. And anything that comes from God is most valuable of all. Now, what also makes wisdom very valuable is that it's rare, right? If you've seen the show American Pickers, then you are very familiar with what they do. They are on the hunt. They are on the search for what? Items and materials that are rare right? They're looking for things that aren't circulated among the population because they have more value, right? And so they'll find items in people's garages and they'll sell them. They look for items that are unique, items that are rare. And in our culture and in our world today, wisdom is very rare. 
Now, our world and our culture has a lot of knowledge, okay? And we have knowledge that's directed and pinpointed towards specific things, like becoming more technologically advanced and more advanced in the medical fields. Well, that doesn't necessarily lend itself towards wisdom because in the pursuit of such things, we forget the simple things. We forget the finer points. We forget the matters of the heart. And we are guided not by the things that we cannot see. We are guided by the things that we can see. And God says, be guided by the things that you cannot see. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight right and so in our pursuit of becoming a more advanced civilization we actually become a dumber society because we forget the simple things we forget the matters of the heart in fact what we're doing is all we're doing is we're speeding up our very own destruction that's what we're doing we're hastening the day of the lord because we have lost wisdom what is wisdom? You say, okay, well, we don't have wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? Let's look at chapter 3. Will you go into the scriptures with me here? Look what it says there in verse 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Verse 9, honor the Lord from your wealth. This is wisdom. Basically, you could summarize it in being of good character and trusting and honoring the Lord. That's what wisdom is. And what are the benefits of carrying out this type of wisdom? Look at what it says there in verse 4. Why do we uh, not let kindness and truth leave us? Because verse 4 says, So you will find favor, have a good reputation in the sight of God and men wisdom look at verse 6 why do we trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding because verse 6 says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will make your path straight your path won't become straight by trying to gain as much worldly knowledge as you can you could call yourself a renaissance man and know a lot of different things about a lot of different things. But you'll still be spinning your wheels. And things are going to happen that you just have no explanation for. And you'll be sitting there wondering why. Because it's the Lord who makes our paths straight. Not us. It's the Lord. And he does that when we lean on him. Folks, be guided by the things you cannot see. If it's right in front of your face, believe about half of it and believe nothing you hear unless it coincides with Scripture. That is the way of the wise. So the question now becomes, how do you know if you're getting good advice or bad advice? You say, well, Nick, I hear a lot of things. You know, on my device, on the media, on the TV, on the radio, from people at work or all around me. I mean, I hear perils of wisdom every day because everybody's a poet, right? And everybody has knowledge from their experiences in their lives. So how do I know what to keep and how do I know what to let go? And the answer to that question is this. 
if it runs parallel with scripture, you want to keep it. And if it runs contrary to the Bible, then you want to leave it. Look, wisdom comes from God. Okay, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.25 on the board. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So, priority number one is to get the wisdom of the Lord that we read from the scriptures, and we want to keep it. We want to hold on to it and not let it go, and we want to set that as priority number one. Now, what this uh, wisdom will teach us to do is not only to keep it, but it will lead us to pursue purity. So, not only do we need to keep wisdom, but point number two, a well-ordered life pursues purity. Now, when I say purity, I don't mean perfection, right? As long as we're here on this earth, none of us will ever be perfect. We will only be perfect when we're in heaven. That's the only time you and I will be perfect. Look what it says there. Now, I'm going to ask you to turn to chapter 30 in the book of Proverbs and look at verse 8. It says this, Keep deception and lies far from me. That is the words of Augur there in chapter 30, verse 8. Now, his desire was to be pure. This is a very humble man, and he considered himself to be unwise in his own eyes. But wisdom taught him to seek purity in his life. Okay? Now, by purity, I mean goodness, wholesomeness, and not perfection. As tightly as you want to hold on to wisdom, that's how much you want to repel unrighteousness okay so we want to seek a life of purity and wisdom leads us to do that and it leads us to desire a good name look what it says in proverbs 22 verse 1 a good name is to be more desired than great wealth favor is better than silver and gold there's another allusion to silver and gold precious metals Right? And a good name is worth more than that. Do you know how many millions of dollars people in this country spend each year on having their records expunged? Right? If you, that's a, a, a legal term, expungement. And it means to have your criminal record or something on your record wiped clean as if it had never happened. Right? A criminal record, something on there wiped clean you're going to pay dollars for that right we want a good name and we need a good name now you also have a record on a list up in heaven but because of the kindness and the graciousness of god who sent his son and based upon your faith covered that record in his son's blood so that it is never remembered again your sins were expunged by jesus christ and guess what? You didn't have to give a dime for that. And it's worth much more than any criminal record that you may have here on earth. Because that record in heaven is the one that counts. And that is wiped clean based upon your faith in Jesus Christ. An expunged record. 
Hallelujah. I will enter the heavenly gates with a clean record knowing that everything that I have done in this life has been forgiven by Almighty God because I trust Jesus Christ for the salvation of my soul. It is covered in red. Crimson blood has washed clean my record in the spiritual realm. We walk by faith, not by sight. God will make our paths straight when we're guided by those things that we cannot see. And desiring a good name is one way that we want to be pure. You know, we can have our criminal record expunged. And I've heard that some people can pay, and I did a little research on this, it ranges from 400 to 4,000, and I'm sure probably even more than that, to have something in your past taken off of your record, right? But, you know, you might be able to remove it from your record, but you can't remove it from your memory. It's still there. You still remember what you did. And so maintain, having a pure life means maintaining a clear conscience and folks some of the things that we've done in our past we'll never forget but we can have a clear conscience because we have the ministry of reconciliation we have been forgiven for what we have done and we have forgiven others and sought forgiveness from others in this life and we can go in this life with a clear conscience. Look what Acts 24, 16 says. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. I believe that uh, Christianity today suffers from many Christians who don't have clear consciences. I believe that uh, engaging in a lifestyle that's contrary to what God has laid out for us to achieve the best that he has for us really weighs heavy on people. And so they walk into churches thinking, well, I, I, just, I just don't feel it. I don't feel engaged. I, I can't connect with God. Well, we can't connect with God because our conscience is seared by the things that we have done. And we need reconciliation. We need forgiveness from God. You know, you say, well, I am a Christian, and, you know, I feel this way. And, well, how do I have my conscience cleared? Well, Jesus says, or John says, that Jesus will forgive us of our sins if we ask. Asking for forgiveness of our sins. You know, in this Christian walk, one of the ways that we can walk wisely is to continually seek the forgiveness of our God. And to forget, seek the forgiveness of Jesus Christ because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And another way that we maintain a clear conscience is to guard our eyes and our heart. Listen to what it says in Psalm 101 verse 3. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Whew. Hey, that's heavy. If you were to sit and think about things you put in front of your eyes on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, where would that, how does that scripture talk to you? 
You know how many hours of media the average American watches? And I'm not talking about news. I'm talking about videos on their devices. And you say, yeah, Nick, you talk about this all the time. We're not going to stop looking at our phones. I understand that. I know. All right? That's the society and the world that we live in. And that's the way it's going to be until the Lord comes back again. And I understand it. Right? Or until an uh, electric magnetic pulse hits over top of us and wipes out everything. Except those old cars that don't require a computer to start up. Right, You've got, You guys will be fine and have those old cars sitting on your farms. You'll be able to get around. None of us, uh, none of us will, will be stuck at home with no power, no nothing. Right, EMP attack, um, electromagnetic pulse. Right, But we have to really guard the content that comes before our eyes to maintain a clear conscience. What goes through the eyes goes into the brain and into the heart. And that feeds the soul and it feeds the spirit. So it's good to give those, our spirit, that healthy uh, spiritual food that it needs. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So we've got to guard our eyes and we've got to guard our heart to maintain a clear conscience and to pursue a life of purity. Okay? So, number one, in order to keep a well-ordered life, a well-ordered life keeps wisdom. Number two, a well-ordered life pursues purity. And then the final point here is that a well-ordered life brings contentment. And that's what we want. We want contentment in our lives, right? We want to prioritize wisdom and keeping God's word because that is what ultimately brings contentment. Let's go back into the scriptures in chapter 3 of Proverbs. Look what it says there. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 2. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you wisdom. This is what wisdom promises. Length of life and peace. Years added to our lives. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. A well-ordered life brings contentment. Now, Augur, he wrote those words in chapter 30, verse 8, and what he was desiring there was simply his fair share. Did you catch that? He desired his fair share. He didn't desire more than what was necessary or more than what belonged to him or more than what was apportioned to him. He simply desired his fair share. Look what he says there, too. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. Just give me what I need. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me what I need. You pray that prayer every Sunday morning about 10.20. Give us this day our daily bread. 52 Sundays a year, you say that prayer. Has it made a connection in the heart? Give me what I need to sustain myself, dear Lord. 
I will lean on you. I will trust in you for all my understanding, trusting that you will make my path straight, trusting that you will bring opportunities into my life. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to tell this story, and you can beat me up for it later because uh, I didn't discuss it. I always like to discuss things with my family before I tell them, but it's a good story, and I think he'll appreciate it. Um, so Nathan's kind of like a modern-day American picker, okay? He likes to find things and get things and resell them and make profit off of it, okay? And he does this via Facebook and Marketplace and such. And so he had sent a particular item along its way to the destination, all right? And the item got returned to him. And we were trying to figure out why did this item get returned back and not go on to its destination and the reason was is because the person that he had sold it to was a scammer and what these scammers do is they buy items under somebody else's name and then they receive the item but you never receive the payment and I'll just go ahead and say that there there are certain things and I'll let Nathan talk to you about it later if you want to about how you should sell items online and how you shouldn't but what was neat is you know uh, Nathan, we believed that God was really watching out for him and that, you know, he was trusting the Lord in this process because there's no reason why the UPS driver didn't just go ahead and deliver that package to its destination. There was no reason for that, but he returned it back. And we don't know why and we don't know how. But we believe that the Lord was setting the path straight. You see, it's those types of things right there that we've got to give credit to the Lord for. Because they happen all the time. Things that we can't explain. Things that we don't understand why. It's the Lord's doing. The Lord does those things for us. He keeps our path straight when we trust in Him and rely upon Him for our own understanding. And he has many ways that he can do that for you too. You know, Psalm 131, I want us to read this together. This is a beautiful psalm. Would you turn to Psalm 131, please? Very short. It's only three verses. And then we'll wrap it up. Psalm 131 says this. Listen to these words. O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty. Listen to this. Nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child rests against his mother, my soul is like a weaned child within me. Isn't that beautiful? We live in a world where the souls of many people are like that child that is unweaned or that child that struggles with tooth pain. Do you remember the baby in the crib when the teeth were coming in? The fussing and the crying, right? The unsettled soul. 
Many people in our world around us have this unsettled soul. Within them, it's aching. And within them, it finds no peace and no contentment. But right priorities, a well-ordered life quiets our soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Peace. Assurance. A quiet soul. Because contentment is gained by godly living. And when we are living through the commandments of God and in his way, we will have contentment. It is contentment that the world cannot give us. The Bible says, do not put your trust in the fables that are fit for old ladies. Put your trust in the ways of of scripture. First Timothy six six says godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. This is what wisdom does. Wisdom seeks contentment and it leads us down a path of being content and quieting our soul. How does it do that? A well ordered life teaches us to keep godly wisdom and to pursue a life of purity and then we will find contentment even in the midst of the greatest storms of life there you'll be with contentment knowing that God will give you this day your daily bread let's pray our father in heaven we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us precepts and that you have given us words written on paper that we can look to to guide us and to lead us and to direct us and to give us wisdom in a world that offers so many words, that offers so much instruction, that offers so much advice that it makes my head spin at times and I become overwhelmed and frantic. But Father, you have quieted my soul with your words of wisdom. And we know, Father, that by following your scriptures that we have everything that we need and that you have provided it all to us. You make our paths straight. And you teach us the simple things we need to do. And you give us, Father, the desires of our heart. Lord God in heaven, as we go over the next seven weeks into your book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, I pray that we would seek wisdom with all of our heart. That we would get back to the simplicity of your word and just concentrate more of our undivided attention into seeking your ways and not the ways of the world. For we're only here for a short amount of time and then it's eternity. Let us be sure that we are prepared in this life with the ways that will help others see the way that we live so that they will be attracted to a way of following you, dear Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer. 
at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday Message with Pastor Nick Stringer.